Alright everybody, welcome to another episode of Movie Talks and Chill. We are your hosts, I am Tony Serrato. I'm Gavin Butts. I'm Patrick Wall. And in this episode, uh, Mr. Gavin, you had this idea, so I'm going to let you... So yeah, this came up, uh, I was watching a, uh, a movie this weekend, and it's uh, something we haven't covered before, but it's like, um, well we kind of covered it a little bit with spies, but this is more like undercover, like taking down, or at least what I'm thinking of, like taking down like a, um, like a drug kingpin, or like, you know, something from the inside, like the cops have to go in, you know, kind of like what we talked about uh, last episode um, with uh, The Punisher. Okay. You know, at the very beginning of that, Thomas Jane is going in, you know, undercover to take down, like, some kind of um, weapon guy. smuggling. Yeah. yeah. And that's how uh, Josh Volta's son, uh, you know, gets killed in there and starts the whole movie. <laughs> Fun fact, that was not my interpretation, so my undercover movies are not going to be as dramatic. <laughs> yes. Hey, but there's always good funny yeah. ones, too. <laughs> a lot of minor comedy. Yep. So. <laughs> Might will make you laugh. So, um, why don't you kick it off, then? Uh, undercover movie. Give us one. So, uh, actually, so the one that kind of inspired this for me is uh, <coughs> called The Informer on uh, on Netflix. And um, it's not the about... song by Snow, right? Uh, yeah, no, not. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, boom, boom, down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, the song's better. <laughs> um, so it's about this guy who um, is, just has terrible, absolutely terrible luck. Um, kind of almost has like a premise of Con Air. So he has, but never. You don't. Uh, it, the story starts with him already undercover. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so you kind of get his backstory throughout. So what happened was. Um, he was like a uh, Green Beret sniper, um, did tours in, in Desert Storm, and then essentially came back home, got into a bar fight with three men, killed one of them, and went to prison. And the FBI ended up taking like some of his sentence away or basically just pushing it under the rug or sweeping it under the rug and pull him out. But they put him as an informer into a, because of his background, into a, um, uh, a Polish uh, drug smuggling ring. And it's this guy called the general. He's kind of like the head of the family or whatever it is. And so they put him in there so he can try and basically stop all the trafficking coming in through New York, through this guy. And everything starts going south for him uh, during one of the during the time where they're trying to bring him down, a, uh, a cop comes in to try to do his own little sting operation. He ends up recognizing he's a cop, tries to get him out. The cop gets killed. And then they, the FBI basically burns him there. They mm-hmm. leave him. They're like, they're like, all right, here's uh, not to give too much away, but he's like, this is the code word. If you, if you feel your life is in danger, say you're going to go have a smoke. And he's like, all right. So in there, while he's wearing the wire, he's like, man, I need a smoke. After they've just shot the cop. <laughs> so he's standing outside, and the damn, his handler, he watches her, like, drive off and just doesn't even look at him. He's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so then he has to even go keep going deeper undercover. And every time he, like, takes that step, like, he get, he keeps getting burned. <laughs> so it's a, it's a pretty suspenseful movie, but... Uh, they, they essentially end up getting the guy without his help because <laughs> he ends up doing something even more stupid. <laughs> but basically it just becomes him trying to save his own skin because he got pushed so far in that he has nothing left now. Mm-hmm. So Nice. Nice. What about you, Patrick? You uh, the going? first movie I thought of was Blue Shriek. Okay. I, this is kind of like the reverse of that. Yeah, so this, <laughs> definitely. 
<laughs> this is about going undercover, but uh, Martin Lawrence plays a diamond thief or jewel thief, and he to escape the cops, he goes into a building that's under construction. He, he winds up getting caught and spending a few years in prison. When he gets out, he's like, all right, I stashed that big-ass diamond in that air vent. I gotta go find it. It's a police building. <laughs> so he uses one of his old contacts and gets um, phony, like, police paperwork. They're like, you have, like, two days before they realize this is all garbage. He's like, okay, I'm a detective. And we go in there, grab the diamond, get the fuck out. He winds up, like, getting pulled onto cases and stuff and helping his partner, Luke Wilson, um, you know, take down, like, a major bad guy. And he's, like, a rookie detective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, at the end, spoiler for a 20-year-old movie, Martin Lawrence, he finally gets the diamond, but Luke Wilson figures out that he's actually a former jewel thief, but it happens on the border of uh, California and Mexico, and he's like, you're just over our jurisdiction, so I really can't do anything. I, You can see in his eyes, like, I never want to fucking see you again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, this is your one Spider-Man. Everyone gets one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know what? I'm just going to go back to the precinct. I'm going to say I found a jewel thief, but he got away over the border. There's nothing I could do. And that was the Oops. end of the Yeah. But it's such a classic, funny, hilarious movie with mm-hmm. Martin Lawrence and Luke Wilson. I, I love that movie. Nice. Yeah. I like it when the uh, when the chief is like reading <clears throat> his, uh, his paperwork. He's like, you get 16 citations? Yeah, that's what happens when your Uncle Lou writes your resume. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What about right. you, Mr. Tony? Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot, like I said, I'm more of a comedy end, but um, this one, comedy one, still holds up, in my opinion, to this day. It's actually 30 years old. It's 90, 1993 it came out, and it's called Undercover Blues. And if you haven't seen it, I'm pretty sure you haven't, because, yeah. It I'm is a movie. <laughs> This one you really should watch. It is actually very the funny. Look of shock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it. I have not. Okay. Um, so it's. Well, that one he just lets go. <laughs> Me as a mop for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I was pretty sure. So. Ha ha, you hadn't seen it either, Gavin. You said you stupid. Suck it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be here anymore. <laughs> Doug. Damn it. <laughs> we need your replacement. Yeah. Um, so this one actually has a lot of people in it. Um, it's got uh, Dennis Quaid. Uh, Kathleen Turner, uh, Randy Quaid's in it. Uh, 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 was it Stanley Tucci? I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a bunch of other people in it, but basically, it's about this couple whose last name is Blues, and uh, so they're blue, and so they were like CIA ops operatives or some kind of like specialty, you know, force type people, and they met on the job and got married. And so they decided they were going into retirement because they just had a baby. <clears throat> so they moved to New Orleans and they're trying to, you know, brand new baby. They're just trying to enjoy regular life. And one of their old foes, like this Czech woman, a Russian woman, who turned into an arms dealer has these like plastic explosives that she's starting to deal with. So they basically have to come out of retirement or they're asked to come out of retirement, take care of because the person's in New Orleans. So they kind of do. But the whole comedy of the movie is... <clears throat> just how they act as parents. They're so calm about everything. Like, they'll be walking the baby down with a stroller, and then someone will come out. There's this guy called, uh, he goes by Muerte, which means death in Spanish. Ooh. And he's always trying to, like, attack them. Like, throughout the movie, it's like one of the, kind of like a Pink Panther type thing. <laughs> like, he he tries to attack uh, Kat, the wife one time, and she just beats his ass. And they always, like, end up taking him down. But it's like, 
here, honey, blah, 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 here. They just put the stroller over real quick, and then they just kick the shit out of him real quick. And they're like, <laughs> and like Dennis Quaid's already like, now watch, Mommy, give him a roundhouse kick to the face. <laughs> <clears throat> but they'll do that. They'll just, like, have the baby with him all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's about them trying to stop this, <clears throat> you know, their old foe from doing it, but all the time while trying to thwart this muerte guy throughout the movie. And that's where a lot of the humor comes from. So, like, he, he tries to attack him, like, five, six, seven times. It's kind of like, uh, do you remember Blues Brothers? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The, the ex-wife was yeah. always sort of like th- throwing rock and love. Now, it wasn't yeah. that extreme, but <laughs> that's basically what it is. They're constantly just under attack by this guy. And every time they thwart him and put him in an awkward situation, like they end up like near a zoo. And there's one time they end up flipping him over and he's about to fall into like an alligator pit. <laughs> and he's like, and it, but then he's always apologetic. He's like, Blue, Blue, can you help me, Blue? Blue, please don't let me fall into the alligators. <laughs> and he's like, we'll see you later, Morte. Have a good day. But it, that's where all the humor comes from, and just about them getting back into the lifestyle and having the baby and all this stuff. It's it's funny movie, so <clears throat> that one holds up to this day. Undercover Blues, check it out. Nice. Is it on the Plex server? I gotta check. I'm not sure. Oh. If it isn't, it needs to be. <laughs> I can see what our op- watch <laughs> options are. You yeah. know, I don't work with the males because I used to be one. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of funny undercover movies... <laughs> the Departed. Oh, oh uh, hilarious! Uh, I was I was going with a different D, and this is Doubtfire. But oh. <laughs> hello, <laughs> help is on the way, dear. <laughs> Not really taking down anything, but just trying to. Robin Williams trying to spend more time with his kids. Technically, he did kind of try to thwart out one of the James Bonds because Pierce Brosnan oh, yeah, is yeah, in the movie, and he's yeah. going after the, the you know the ex-wife and. He tries to kill him with food, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's attempted murder. Well, he didn't mean to kill him. He was trying to just give him hot pepper. He didn't know it was going to actually almost kill him. Yeah, he didn't know he was going to choke and on the shrimp. he saved him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hence. Just, just because you saved the guy you attempted to murder doesn't negate the attempted murder. It wasn't attempted murder. It was just sabotage. Attempted manslaughter. That would yeah. be, like, non- uh, Whatever manslaughter, <laughs> indirect manslaughter, indirect. <laughs> and obviously, we're all lawyers here, so this is legally binding. Yeah, but did you die? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> How's that water, Patrick? Empty. Give it another 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> did you hear it crack when you opened it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I that's, how good, <laughs> that's <laughs> how good I am. That's how good I am. it with a lighter. <laughs> Why is there a needle mark at the top yeah. of this cap? <laughs> and, just, <laughs> and Patrick's out for this episode. <laughs> but um, real quick, I did want to talk about The Departed. Yes. Because that is a great undercover movie. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't want to go undercover. He joined the Massachusetts State Police to be a state trooper. But um, when, when Martin Sheen, he's all like, well, your family has sized the Irish mob, so we're putting you undercover. You will not be a state trooper. When you're done with this one assignment, you are fired, but it pays 30 grand. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. And then the first time he meets Jack Nicholson's character, he shows him like a cut off foot or hand or something like that. And he's wearing a wire and he's going to go to the bathroom real quick. And he drops the wire out of the, the window. And um, Mark Wahlberg in the band outside is like, well, that was quick. And I guess he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then I, he, I love Mark Wahlberg's <laughs> character in there too, especially him and um, um, uh, Alec Baldwin. You know, oh, yeah. when, they're, when they're sitting there, he's like, "Say, like, hey, how you doing? Ah, you know, I'm tired from screwing your wife. Oh yeah, how's your father? Ah, 
He's tired from screwing my mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alec Baldwin and uh, Mark Wahlberg in that movie is fainted. That whole movie, the cast. The cast was beautiful. Yeah. Right? Matt Damon. And Matt Damon. <laughs> Which was the bad guy of the movie. Who was undercover technically as well. Yeah. yeah. Because he was working for Jack Nicholson yep. as an informant for the mob. Yep. <laughs> To the mob, but as a cop. <laughs> like, a shining star of a cop, too. Yeah. Like, he was, like, number one in the academy and all that fun stuff. Yeah, he ended up having to find the mole that mm. was him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, with you looking for yourself, <laughs> I don't think you're going to find yeah. him. <laughs> and Mark so, Wahlberg was the only one that figured it out that he was a piece of garbage, so he killed him in the end. Everybody fucking died in that movie. Well, Leo did, too. Yeah. And I think that's how him end up, him dying the way that he did, I think that's how Wahlberg figured it out. Mm-hmm. And and the way he's just sitting there in his apartment with the hairnet and the booties and yeah. everything, I'm like, oh dang, <laughs> this is going down. <laughs> he just happened. shoots him in the head. Yeah, and everybody <laughs> dies. Mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg and the psychologist girlfriend are the only two that survived that. Yeah, movie. exactly. <laughs> Spoilers for again, it came out in 2006. So yeah, so damn near a 20 year old. Yeah, 15 year old movie. Yeah. yeah, damn it. Yeah, damn it. Tell him you gotta get home. You're late for supper. Yeah, that was call like your mother. Line. Tell him you're late for supper. Hello, <laughs> mom. I'm gonna be late for supper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. It's gonna be all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be late for supper. Well, another funny one that I like because I'm gonna stick to the comedy theme is who's Harry Crumb. Yeah, I want to say I've seen that, but it's been I like... I probably saw it when I was a kid. Yeah. I, John I think, Candy. Mm-hmm. So he comes from a long line of uh, private detective crumbs, and so he's Harry Crumb. And he's like more of the, the screw-up version of the family, <clears throat> but he's keeping the private investigation business that going. That sounds like John Candy. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so he gets... And that's another big cast, too. I mean, this guy like... Wait, it's is got, this the prequel to Uncle Buck? <laughs> <laughs> I think it came after Uncle Buck, but uh, it's got like like Jeffrey Jones is in it, and uh, uh, what's her name? I think it's... I want to say Annie Potts may be mm. in it. I'm not 100% if that was her, but I mean, it's, again, it's got quite a few people, but he gets called in like their family, their one... It's like a rich family, and their one daughter gets like kidnapped or something, so they're asking for ransom, so... They're like, well, does anybody know any good private investigators? They're like, oh, you got to call this guy. And he's like, they knew him from his family lineage. But he comes out and he's just like the biggest fuck-up person ever. But he's <laughs> he's always doing all these different disguises and shit. Like, he ends up in this, like, mud bath spa thing. And he's wearing this, uh, comes in with, like, a like a turban. And he puts, like, this very darkish skin, like, a, like almost like an orange-type spray-on tan. Mm-hmm. So he comes out trying to be, like, like Indian or something. <clears throat> or Pakistani or whatever. And he's... He does all these things, but everything he does, he fucks up until, like, the very end, he ends up solving the crime and fixing it. But throughout the movie, the one family's other daughter, who kind of gets shunned to the side, like, they're focused on the the main, the oldest daughter. The younger one, they don't really pay attention to, but she starts hanging out with Harry and, like, helping him solve this stuff. So it's kind of like... Trying to think of what a good example would be because there's another theme of movie. Oh, like my cousin Vinny. Okay. okay. You know, like Vinny. You know, the mm. the girlfriend is the yeah. one that's actually kind of like yeah, helping him out or fiance. And her <laughs> biological <laughs> clock. <laughs> Your life, this trial, our marriage. What else can I put on the outcome of this case? <laughs> Any more shit that we can pile on? It's impossible. <laughs> Maybe it was a bad time to bring it. You think? <laughs> but that's kind of the relationship. Well, look at this, with this. It's dog shit. That was just going to help me solve the case. Yeah. 
think I'm going to marry you now? You can't even solve a case. It's like, <laughs> this could be a thing. You solve cases, but with someone's help. And then, and then you have to actually say, go, thank, thank you. you. Oh, my fucking God. What a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's like the relationship that this girl, she's like, <clears throat> wants to help out Harry. And so she gets involved with all the stuff and she ends up being a bigger reason why he solves the crime. But there's a funny, funny scene in the movie. And it's so subtle. There's no, you don't, there's no words to it, but he gets into town and he flies. I think he flies into like L.A. or something. <clears throat> and he's going to buy a car. And this guy, you see him at his used car dealership, and it's like, get this, like, nicer looking thing. And he's like, you see him just verbal, like, you can't hear anything, but you see him, like, arguing, like, no, 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 I want this one, I want this one. It's, like, the cheaper one. <laughs> he, like, takes it, waves him off, starts driving out. Bam! His car gets totaled as soon as he's pulling out of the lot. And oh. then he just cuts to the scene, him driving out with the other car. <laughs> the one he didn't want to get. <laughs> but it's, like, really subtle, but it's funny. So, <clears throat> but, yeah, watch Who's Harry Crumb. That's, uh, okay. that's another fun one. Nice. I mean, I, I do love a good John Candy movie. Yes, and it is good. It was. It's an underrated one. Like a lot of people, it was. It was well, I think a lot theaters. of his were were kind of underrated. I mean, that's <clears> the <throat> great outdoors. That or planes, trains, and automobiles. Mm-hmm. Like that one was probably that's, and I think that was more because or Steve Home Martin. Alone. I forgot he was in that movie. No, that was Uncle Buck. Yeah, that's Uncle Buck. It's still Macaulay Cullen, Culkin in it. Yeah, Macaulay mm-hmm. Culkin is the is the kid. No, in wasn't it. he? Um, he was the guy in the band that the, the yes. mom had. To oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, for like eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were in the polka band. Yes, yes. <laughs> King of Polka, Polka, Polka. It's real big in the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As she should know, being from Chicago. So, <laughs> well, you know what are you gonna do, right? Yeah, yeah continuity so. errors, <clears throat> damn it! I hate them. <laughs> But I mentioned one earlier, I mean, that, uh, or I just brought it up real quick, but like the Pink Panthers, mm-hmm. those were always mm-hmm. popular ones. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to say something that is a lot of people are going to think is sacrilegious, but my favorite Pink Panther is the one that did not have the traditional, uh, what is it, Peter? Uh, Can't remember his name. Peter something. I should know this. This is sacrilegious. I don't know the name off the top of my head. Not Weller. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, it's, uh, I think it was called the, the, Curse of the Pink Panther. Yeah, that was the, the first one, I think. No, no, this one came way later. It was basically had nothing to do with the original one. It ended up being like this guy that worked for Liverpool, who was a big, you know, screw up as well, mm-hmm. and they end up hiring him. That one is one of my favorite Pink Panthers. That's got like some of the best one-liners, some of the best other things. He doesn't have freaking Cato popping out in the middle of nowhere trying to attack him every two seconds. He just kind of goes it on his own, but it's one of the funniest ones. So I've I've only seen the first one, I think. Um, I remember as a kid, Pink Panther, there was a cartoon with the same mm-hmm. name. Yep. It was a giant Pink Panther. And also, ceiling insulation. Definitely don't, you know, want to be friends with that one. Yeah. That'll give you pirate last winners. Um, but I was wildly disappointed when the movie was, did not feature my giant Pink Panther. Well, that was the name of the diamond they were yeah. always trying to steal, was yeah. the Pink Panther. Yeah. And they had to translate it. I mean, at that time, I mean, you couldn't make a movie like that unless it was animated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those were in the eight, like late 70s, early 80s and stuff mm-hmm. for the most part. I still like the quick Family Guy reference they did to that. Like, the Pink Panther dies, and he's mm-hmm. like, don't worry. He's probably going to hell, but he's going to be well insulated with all that Owens Corning insulation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he won't burn. <laughs> but yeah, so the Pink Panther movies, because he's always going undercover in disguise, you know, trying to find the, the jewel thieves mm-hmm. in the minky. The minky. That's how he said monkey. <laughs> <laughs>
Clearly, you have not seen all the Pink Panther no, movies. I, I saw the first one. Yep. <laughs> that was it. Well, you got to watch the rest. The Minky. The Minky. <laughs> well, Gavin brought this one up before we <gasps> turned on the mics. Okay. Um, face Off. That is a new level of undercover right yes. there. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's basically John Travolta as an FBI agent. Um, he takes down his arch nemesis who killed his son, Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. And then they realize that <clears throat> Nick Cage, as a criminal, has set something up that they really need to like figure out what it is and stop it. Because in this movie, <clears throat> Nick Cage is like it's just a lord of crime. Like He does everything from gun running, drugs, sex trafficking, all the fun stuff, apparently. So, so I, I, this, I just want to say how awesome it had to be for Travolta and Cage mm-hmm. to be like, all right... You're both going to play the same character twice. (laughs) You're going to be bad. Then you're going to be good. Then you're going to be bad. And you're going to be good. Like, wait, what? (laughs) But they also had to pull off each other's mannerisms at the same time. And I mean, like, I just want to know how much time they had to spend together, like, working and going, all right, well, this is what I would have brought to it. Okay, all right, I like that. But I'd also like to do, you know, I think he would do this. Like, just the weeks or maybe even months that they had to spend just working that shit out. And both of them were praised for their um, their acting ability in that movie just yeah. because they, they start off the movie so it's wildly different and just to take that tonal shift like halfway mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. like everyone's like it's like grade A acting like this yeah. is top tier. But it, because it was a quote unquote dumb action movie fuck you Roger uh, Ebert um, it did, got panned at the Oscars, which they both should have got at least nominated for for that right. movie. The the only the only thing I would ever say about the movie this was I mean obviously it's a movie so yeah. you know it's it's hard to believe that you could face do up. that yeah. period. But I, I get like switching the faces, but if you look at the two of them, even in that movie side by side, their body builds were completely, completely different. different. Yeah. So you'd have to do total <laughs> augmentation. That was the only real beef I had with the movie. Yeah. I'm like. I'm sorry. I mean, they were they were both like you know fit, but John Travolta had a a sterner build, yeah, like a bulkier build. It's like, how did you kind of do that? I mean, you know. So that's my only. I agree. That's yeah. my only thing I had about Your that movie. Critique. Yes. Other than that, thought it was really good. Mm. Um, a little uncomfortable with the scene where you know after they switch when you know he's kind of looking at the daughter and stuff. Yeah, eh, it's a little. Eh. But he does give her some good advice. No, he does. And a switchblade. <laughs> yeah. Which uses it against him later. Yeah. <laughs> Stick it in. Twist. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> She's like, uh, okay. <laughs> I could eat a I peach do. for hours. <laughs> I do, um, the one scene that creeps me out to this day is when Nicolas Cage wakes up without a face and then he looks in the mirror oh, and yeah. you see that. I'm like, Just like oh. the bloody bone. Yeah. Ugh. He's like, all right, I need a new face. Give me the spare one over there. And it's John. And he's Bolt. trying to talk yeah. and he's trying to do it without lips. <laughs> I can't feel a face. <laughs> it's kind of like almost as disgusting as even though it's not a movie, but in Gotham, mm-hmm. there's that one that the one kid that was in Shameless that played the Joker, or not the Joker, you can't call him the Joker, yeah, yeah, he didn't yeah. officially have the character title, but he played the first iteration of it, mm-hmm. of the twin brothers, and the one dude took his face off, yep. and then you see him later, and you actually see a lot of the stuff, and he's like sitting there stapling his, his took the taken back face onto himself. Gotham got pretty messed up. <clears throat> yep. It was a really good show. Yep. But that's another story for another time. So yeah. Our spinoff um, podcast about yes. TV shows. <laughs> 
TV shows talks and chill. <laughs> TV talks and chill. Yes. Um, so one other really good one that this one's not comedy. Well, it's it's even though it's got some funny parts to it, it's not meant to be a comedy. Uh, Mr. Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs. Mm. Yes. Because Homeboy had to go undercover and was really convincing because everybody believed that he was one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even Harvey Keitel <clears throat> I was, gonna say, was like, was saved it, him till the end. Was I that mean, Mr. Pink? <clears throat> I be, no, Mr. Pink was uh, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, Buscemi. Okay. Why do I got to be Mr. Pink? Because you're a faggot, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> why can't we be Mr. Black? No, 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 we tried that once. You get a bunch of guys all together, nobody knows each other, nobody wants to back down. I choose the colors. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Brown, that's a lot more like Mr. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you're Mr. Pink. What, you don't tip? <laughs> you didn't believe in it. You don't believe in it. I don't believe in it. What are you, religious? <laughs> Say that recording on Easter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? To take you in the back, suck your dick? I'd go over 15% for Once that. Once again, <laughs> it's Easter. <laughs> Happy Easter, everyone. Yeah, yeah, we forgot to say that. Happy Easter. But yeah. We're recording on Easter Sunday. Yes, it will be. But by the time it actually comes out, it'll be Wednesday. So yeah, yeah. Jesus has forgiven us by then. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Jesus. <laughs> Said the Catholic. So, <laughs> if you want, I'll make up for it. Instead of our uh, normal ad in the middle mm. of the episode, I'll put in a quick little sermon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I want you to come up with a sermon and then put it in there. This episode was brought to you by the Church of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> <laughs> Peace be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. I think if the Church of Latter-day Saints heard this podcast, they would... Sue us for saying that. We're going to put a Scientology ad and it'll be fine. My, my laptop just <laughs> shut down. <laughs> you're worried about the state coming for you. Now you're pissing off the Catholic Church. <laughs> so back to Reservoir Dogs. But the best part about Reservoir Dogs, aside from it being an awesome movie all around, is the scene where he's his partner, Tim Ross' partner. Tim Ross is a character that's going undercover, for those of you who don't know, and I hope you do know, but... Even I've seen this movie. Yes. So you should know. Um, but his partner, Tim Ross' partner, when he's explained to him, he's like, what do you do to get in? And he's like, oh, I met you know, met Joe, and you know, he introduced me to this and that, and then uh, whatever Harvey Cantel's name was mm. in, the, in the movie, Mr. White or something. Or, something like that. Hey. It's you know, been no, Mr. White was, uh, was the other mega. Decades but since I've seen this That's movie. irregardless, but basically he gets in with Cantel, and then the guy that plays Joe is like the big boss, who's... Uh, uh, Sean Penn's brother's <laughs> dad in the movie, and so they're having this conversation, and he's like, "Did you remember? Did you give him tell him the commode story?" Hmm. He's like, "What's the commode story?" And he's like, "It's an anecdote. It's it's a funny thing that happened to you when you were doing a job or something." So he's like, "So there's that whole scene. I think it goes on for like five or seven minutes, where he's like, now you got to memorize this thing. You got yeah. you got to you got to know how to say it when you're reading it. Don't just be reading the lines. Like, make it your own. You know." Figure out the main points and then make the story your own. He's like, it's got to be believable. He's like, you got to say it over and over and over again. So throughout those next five to seven minutes, he's telling the story. And each time it's changing to a different location and time that he's retelling it until it gets to the actual point when he's telling the story to them. So I thought that was kind of really cool because you see him at the beginning when he's first telling it, it seems like he's just reading it. Yeah. And then each stage as he's changing, you can actually see how he's making it his own. Yeah, it gets more and more fluid. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed that. Nice. And of course, the torture scene when you know he's playing. Uh, oh, <laughs> stuck in the middle. middle with you. Yeah, <laughs> clowns to the left of me. <laughs> Cuts the dude's ear off. Can you hear me? Can you hey, hear me? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so good undercover movie. Indeed. 
What about you, Mr. Gavin? What yeah, you, Gavin. Uh, you get like jingling around in that old cranium noggin. Wow. Spare um, change. <laughs> yeah, definitely spare change. A couple of nickels. Yeah. Um, well, you know, something we talked about earlier was uh, was Undercover Brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so bad, but I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, he gets he gets pulled into the Brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I can't remember the, the, the lead guy's name, but he's just sitting there yelling at him. And he's like... Why the hell are you doing all this? Why ain't you doing? Who the hell said you could go out here? Uh, cause I don't work for you. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, like they, his first day on the job. Yeah, yeah, they the, pull the him in. Minute, yeah, so, like the chief like pulls him in and yells at him. <laughs> I remember that now. And um, and Dave Chappelle is uh, is conspiracy theory brother. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> He's like what? Huh? All right, all right, all right, and then um. <laughs> Uh, Neil Patrick Harris is there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's the white intern. He's like, yeah. what's the white dude doing in here? Affirmative action, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, how'd the white boy uh, end up in the brotherhood? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the. Uh, the Charlie uh, Sheen's ex wife, I can't remember her name at the moment. Uh, uh, Denise Richards. Yeah. yeah white she devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was a bad guy that turned like good at the end or something like that. Hmm? Well, they're like. Um, because he goes undercover to find out what the man is doing at yeah. whatever this um, this place is. Uh, I can't remember what what name the company was, but he, he yeah they said it wasn't in. very subtle. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and he was trying to. They're like uh, apparently mayonnaise is the yeah. <laughs> it's like the key, and he's like. Because I pronounce my E's and R's, okay? <laughs> he starts talking like Steve Urkel. Yeah. <laughs> I remember in that movie um, when they were, he was like talking about the man. He's like, I always thought that was just a metaphor for bringing down like white, uh, you know, power over you mm-hmm. know black people. He's like, no, there's an actual bad guy called the man, and we're trying to bring him down. They're like, oh, shit. It's like, oh, so the three point shot was really invented to give white boys a chance. Yeah, and OJ really didn't do it. Well, um, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, all I was like the the, um, and Steve Zahn Mm. as the uh, shoot, I can't remember his his name, but he just he would keep freaking out every time he'd start he'd start dancing and shit. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, so I like when um um. Denise Richards and then the other girl, uh, shoot, I can't remember her code name, um, but she goes in to like rescue undercover brother mm-hmm. from uh, from white she devil, <laughs> and then I remember they're all talking about it. it's like, look man, I mean, who can resist low mortgage payments and, and something like this, and then Dave Chappelle goes, and white women, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like. What you know I'm bringing a white girl up in my house. <laughs> I also love how that movie takes place and was filmed in 2002, but everyone talks like it's the 1970s. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and dressed like it's the 1970s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what made it funny. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what made it funny. I man. love that movie. But still, the best scene was when they start fighting in the shower. 
Yeah. And then, yeah. And then he's like, pass that popcorn. He's like, come on, yeah. Bring, this, <laughs> bring the chair over. And they set up. And they just like, sit the there bad watching. guys and the good yeah. guys are just sitting down watching it. <laughs> he, starts, he starts breaking off Cod. He's like, hey, safe sex, baby, safe sex. <laughs> and at the end of the fight, when his side wins, he just like knocks out the two people next yeah, to him. He's still sitting there. He got like a mouthful of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff, man. Have you even seen that movie? Yeah. Okay. I've seen that. I'm not racist. Not saying oh you're racist, God. but this you said scene I'm is a little lowbrow for you. Why? I don't know. I watch you, everything. For Tony? Yeah. <laughs> I watch everything. <laughs> That's true. You do watch everything. I do watch everything. I mean, he'll turn his nose at it, but yeah. <laughs> I'll like, still sucks. watch it. That's stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> but I watched it. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that a fourth time. It sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Won't even do yeah. Fool me three times. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's bad when you. Tony will only watch it twice. See, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping it got better with time, but nope. they didn't make any edits to it or anything like that. Nope. It's still the same movie from the 80s. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> But a movie that's more serious that wasn't lowbrow but an awesome movie is Point Break. Yes, that was actually going to be one of my next ones. Well, I'll, let you, I'll let you talk about it then because i got yeah. another one in the back burner. Well, so do I. So I'm going to let you take Point Break. Oh, man. So the fun thing about this 15 undercover movies that we love, I've seen like 14 of them. Wow. What's the one you haven't seen? Donnie Brasco. The one we were talking about outside. Oh, you're going to make it tweak out? <laughs> <laughs> The facial expressions I am seeing right now, listener. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. <laughs> and that's all for Movie Talks and Chill. <laughs> I, I have been Patrick. <laughs> Tony, today is the day of forgiveness. <laughs> no, it isn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's <laughs> switch gears for a second. We'll get back to Point Break in a second. Let's talk about Donnie Brasco then. All right? <laughs> <laughs> he deserves some resurrection here. <laughs> now, that's the time of day. That's what today is all about. Rising back up, which basically is a Jesus zombie movie. So, <laughs> But <laughs> zombie Jesus. He didn't ask for brains, okay? Yeah. <laughs> he asked for your entire soul. <laughs> But, so, Donnie Brasco, okay, uh, we have to talk about that. Yes. Um, all right, Patrick, here's for the <laughs> listeners. Because the listeners have all seen this, so. <laughs> you for, say that. For Patrick, the storyline goes, so Donnie Brasco is based off a true story, or loosely based off true events, and it actually happened, and that's the code name. So, Johnny Depp, it's got Al Pacino, it's got a shit ton of people in it, um, but Al Pacino's kind of like this mid-level gangster. And Donnie Brasco takes place in the 80s, like 70s and 80s. And that is actually, the, for the first time in really mob history and movies, did they actually show, like, mob poor. Like, these were all the mob guys were constantly just chasing just to keep up with the payments that they had to kick up to the next person. So it's not like you see... And the Sopranos or Godfather, you know, it, not the low-level guys. Like, everybody's just kind of scraping and scrimping to try to find something. Like, they're breaking open um, meters, like parking meters yep. for change and stuff like that. I mean, so anyway, Al Pacino is kind of like this mid-level mob guy. And he uh, and Johnny Depp is the one who's inf infiltrating the mob to get indictments and all this other stuff. So he's got to go undercover, and his code name is Donnie Brasco. That's the code name of the project hmm. for the FBI. And uh, he basically just plays low-key until he gets noticed, and Al Pacino kind of, throughout the movie, takes him under his wing. Yeah. You know, he kind of proves himself. He starts rising up in the ranks, 
what is uh what's his name? He's also the guy that was in Reservoir Dogs that was the psycho. I, I can't uh, uh, Michael Madsen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Michael Madsen's in it. He's kind of like on the same level as Al Pacino, but he gets bumped up to being like one of the bosses. And so the whole movie is Donnie's under Al Pacino's wing, but everybody else is noticing what Donnie can do. So they start kind of like pulling him from from Al Pacino's character, whose name yeah. is Lucky. And, Who's you know. The reverse of his name. Yeah. <laughs> and so basically. Then he like, he got, he owes a lot of money because of the, like his track betting or something like that. Which one? Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Yeah, he keeps he keeps betting horses. Yeah, he's like, I bet a few grand on a horse. The horse don't do what I want. He's like, I can't. I don't have a pot to piss in. He lives in like a little one bedroom apartment or one or two bedroom apartment in, in like the Bronx or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always he's taking money from Donnie. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? On, they have a Christmas scene. I always watch it on Christmas because they have one scene in Christmas, and he's like, Hey, Donnie, I got some for you. You know, in in the Italian lifestyle, it's always handing him loads of money. Mm-hmm. That's your gifts for whatever. And so Donnie hands him his envelope here. Merry Christmas. He hands him his envelope. And Al Pacino's opening it. It's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. And then he opens his. It's like a couple fifties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like a few fifty. I think maybe a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, this is very generous. And he's like, yeah, yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. So he's sitting down and he hangs out for dinner. And he's going to leave. And he's like, hey, Donnie, Donnie, you got a couple of troubles you know, I could borrow from you? You know, to kind of do something. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just goes to take his wallet. He's like, no, 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 it's in here. And he grabs the envelope and takes <laughs> open to the car and takes the money back. And he's like, I'll get it back to you. <laughs> like, he just handed him, like, oh, God, probably a couple grand. Easily, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's but throughout the movie, obviously, the FBI is closing in. Hmm. And he ends up starting to feel bad for Lucky, Al Pacino's character. Because at the end of the day, he ultimately just wants to retire and get a boat and just go sailing. And so... Um, he's trying to get out of the game anyway. Yeah, and so but he can't like get himself out because he's got no money to get out. <laughs> yeah, and basically there's no way out of that except for death or jail. Yeah, so you basically have to leave. So he's just gonna get him boat. He's like, so he ends up befriending him and trying to tell him. He's like, well, what would you do? You know, how much a boat like that cost? And Donnie starts getting deeper and deeper into the lifestyle where he actually starts being like them. Mm-hmm. Although he's still a cop or an FBI agent, and uh, he's having problems with his wife and kids and stuff, but. He basically ends up keeping money that he's going to give to Lucky. So he tells him, he's like, just go get out. And he was going to tell him right before he told him that he was a, he was a, you know, a FBI agent. And so the mob starts finding out that there's a rat in mm. there, you know, because shit happens. They go to get that club down mm-hmm. in Florida and it gets busted real easily. And so they start figuring out somebody's a rat. They're killing off their own because they think each other's ratting them out. It's really Donnie that was the one that's inside and Lucky swears by everything that he's not kind of like harvey Keitel's character in reservoir dogs yep. to tim roth and so at the end of the day they pull him out in front of everybody they arrest everybody they arrest you know johnny depp's character donnie and he goes off and then they find out that you know it's in the newspaper you know congratulating our fbi you know blah blah because blah, they all get indicted and stuff well because he uh, lucky brought him in <clears throat> he's going out and it, it's a very sad scene because yeah. earlier in the movie, there's one, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but earlier in the movie, there's a scene where he's like, Donnie, I got to go. I got called for. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, I can't remember. It was uh sunny, sunny red and sunny black. He was uh, uh Michael Madsen's character, sunny black. He's like, sunny called for me. He's like, so he's like, well, maybe you just want to see. He's like, you don't understand. He's like, you don't think I've had enough clips under hits under my belt. I don't know what you get called for. He's like, you could call for you. Don't come back. He gets called for, but he ends up. They end up giving him a gift because Sonny Black ended up getting bumped up to, to mm. boss, 
And then he's like, then they fuck with him too. They're like, hey, Sonny thought he was going to get whacked or, or, or Lucky thought he was yeah. going to get whacked. And so they're laughing it off and he gives him the tiger. Like it's an <laughs> actual live tiger. So the sad part about it is later on in the movie, he's sitting at his home after he hears about all this stuff. He knows he got fucked over. He knows his life is done. Mm. He's still got nothing. That was his whole thing. It's just to have something at the end of his life. His son is a drug addict. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's sitting there and he gets a phone call. And he's like, yep, all right. And he goes and he talks to the wife. He's like, sweetie, I'll, you know, I got I to gotta head out. I'll, I'll be back or whatever he says to her. You know, I love you. Blah, blah, blah. Goes over to the counter takes all his valuables off his watch, his ring, his money clip, sets it down, and walks out. Yep. And that's it. He just, like, closes the door. So you know he's mm-hmm. going to... And he yep. knows he's going to die. Damn. And that's kind of the saddest part of the whole movie, really. And he's the bad guy. I mean, he's yeah. one of the bad guys, yeah. really, technically. So, so yeah. It's, I mean, it's, you don't really see them do <clears throat> anything extra terrible. You know what goes down? Well, they killed all those other guys that they were against, remember? Because they, 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 right. the, the other mob team or the other boss and his team were going to... Invite them over, ambush them. They found out about it, so they get ahead of it. And the guys come walking in, and they're like, "Oh no!" And they just start blowing them away. But then he makes them. That was one of the turning point for Donnie. Yeah, he has him has Donnie help them cut up bodies. Okay, you got to saw them up and shit like mm-hmm. that. So Donnie's actually sawing body parts. Gross. So yeah, <laughs> and you hear the bone. Oh. <laughs> well, he's doing it with a hand. Yeah, by hand. He's like, rah, rah. so that's Donnie Brasco there. Watch Sounds it. like a chill movie. There's a lot oh, yeah, more it's very to chill it. Movie. There's a lot more to it, but uh, it's, it's overall that's the gist of it. Nice, good old fashioned mom movie. Yeah, but that Dang. movie reminded me of another um, undercover movie. Okay, Smoke and Aces. Okay, so that one I don't remember that well. Okay, remind me. Um, Gavin, you've seen this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically, there's this. He's not really in the mob, but he's pretty connected to the mob. He's a Vegas um, magician basically, and the mob um, wants him dead then because he knows all this, supposedly he knows too much information and he's been getting drunk and he's trying to make a deal with he's, the FBI. He's basically connect, like embedded himself into the mob. Yeah, I, I remember, I, I've only seen it one time, but I just didn't remember the whole premise, yeah. but yeah. continue. And so the mob sends out like a lot of assassins after him. And what's the really funny part of the movie is the assassins just keep killing each other. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, you've got, like, well-thought-out, methodical assassins, and then you've got, like, psychos with a sawed-off shotgun. Chris Pine's team. Yep. (laughs) That was Chris Pine. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's now clicking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then everywhere in between. And then you got Ryan Reynolds and Ray Liotta, the FBI agents, trying to get to, um, I think it was, um, what's his name? Um, Jeremy Piven, who is a buddy. I think that was his name. And then, you know, everything happens, all that fun stuff. And at the end of the movie, Ryan Reynolds finds out why they needed Buddy alive. It's because the mob boss is actually an undercover agent from, like, the 60s. So he went up, he was the first one to do, like, rhinoplasty to change his face and all that fun stuff. And then the FBI... What tr- the movie Face Off was based off of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, then the FBI said, you're in too deep, uh, we can't, you're a loose end. Like, we would pull you out, but it's easier just to kill you. And he survives. So he says, fuck the FBI. And he sticks with the mob. And he becomes like a Don, like a very high up mob person. Mm-hmm. And he's on his deathbed. And the FBI is like, that's actually one of our agents. We're good. We want to keep him alive. And Buddy's his son. And he could like give him a kidney or a liver mm-hmm. or something like that. Heart transplant. Yeah. 
Um, and so Ryan Reynolds here is like, he lost Ray Liotta. A lot of people died. That hotel is in shambles. So Ryan Reynolds is there with as an FBI, and he throws down his badge, and then he just unplugs both respirators, and they both die. Oh. <clears throat> so the undercover part was the mob boss was an FBI agent from the 60s who tried to get assassinated and failed, so he stayed as a, you know, a mobster. Okay. And rose to the ranks. All right. It's actually a very good movie, and I'm a, yeah. very, I'm a big Jeremy Piven fan, so if you like Jeremy Piven... And it's also good. still like a star-studded cast. Yeah. You've got Common in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris uh, Pine, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Chris Pine. Uh, uh, ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ray Liotta. Ryan Reynolds, when he's just starting to get big. Yeah. Like, this was um, just after um, Five Guys in a Pizza Place. Okay. And a pizza place. And a pizza place. Or two girls and a guy. I can't remember the name yeah. of that damn show. I think it was like, yeah, two girls and a guy at a pizza place, or two guys and yeah. a girl at a pizza place. Yeah. There's a pizza place in it's there. It's a right? pizza place with people. Yeah. Right, yeah. You're making me hungry now. If All it was about the yeah, yeah. that would be the title of a porno. People have... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, technically, uh, this one may be stretching, but they are always... Not really technically undercover, like, for... Law enforcement kind of reverse, but mm. like the Oceans movies, they're always playing other characters, like trying to trick people, like get, putting on disguises and going undercover in their own way. Yeah. Mm. So I could kind Working of classify in restaurants that. And yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'll give it to you. Thanks, man. Debatable. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Richard. Mm. <laughs> well, real quick, I do want to talk about this movie, and I know we're getting down to like the 20 minute mark. We got uh, about 15. Okay. Um, uh, 21 Jump Street. <laughs> I've never seen the original, unfortunately. I know that makes both of you sad. Well, that was a TV show, though. It was oh, okay. never a movie. Okay. i still never seen the original Which, speaking movie. of the DeLuise earlier, Peter DeLuise, Don DeLuise's son, was mm-hmm. the, one of the main characters in the show. Oh, in really? 21 Jump Street, the original. Yeah. Well, I've only seen the movie. Okay. With Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. Okay. That movie is hilarious. I will say, I didn't see the first one until after the sequel came out. And the trailer for the sequel... I knew Rob Riggle was like a gym teacher in the first one, but in this in the trailer for the second one, they're like, "You put me in jail for drug dealing, and now you want me to help you." It's like, well, now I know who fucking did it in the first one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I gotta go backwards, yeah. and I gotta come back. And- yeah. <laughs> but if you haven't seen the show or the movie, it's basically two cops that look can pass for teenagers go undercover in high school to stop a drug ring. Um, once again, it's spoiled in the trailer for the sequel. Rob Riggle did it. He was the one passing out all the drugs. So, you know what? If they're going to spoil their own movie with their own trailer, I can do it 20 years later. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. And it's so hilarious because they initially try and get him to play parts that they did when they were in high school. Like, Channing Tatum was a doc. So, he was in do-nothing classes, theater, art, and all that fun, and playing sports, and Jonah Hill was the brainy one, so he had, like, advanced chemistry and calculus and all that stuff. But the school swap mixes up, so Jonah Hill gets Channing Tatum's easy schedule. Channing Tatum actually has to learn chemistry. <laughs> and it's really fun, because he's actually trying to pay attention and learn chemistry, and he has to take a test, but he's also got a 9mm and a badge. So, yeah. like, they're actually, like, they're just fresh out of, um, the academy, the academy, yeah. Yeah, like one or two years, so they still look like they're high school kids. Well, the funny thing about this, they also kind of switched roles too, because like when they were actually in high school, mm-hmm. like Jonah was more the nerdy type and stuff, yeah. and you know he's 
wearing the you know the, the backpack full on and, and you know, look like Eminem. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some shady. Yeah, he sees him. But then like later on, he comes out and he was like more of the like the nerdier one or the, the tolerant one. But then when they switch places and Channing Tatum tries to come out as like this jock type. He's like, oh, I'm going one strap when they're getting ready for yep. school. You got a one strap, man. Everybody's wearing their backpack full on. And he's like, why would it's like this when I was in school? He's like, there's tolerance, understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. But the he ends up before. becoming like the cool guy yeah. in this version so of school. So he like ends up uh, when he punches like the kid. He's like, ah, look, he reads books. Like, you punch me because I'm gay? Like, no, I didn't punch you because you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> But the big difference between uh, with the show and, and the movie is, well, number one, the show had multiple cops. Mm. So it was a group of them that were taken in as undercover. And the whole purpose, yes, was because they looked young enough to infiltrate high school. Because everything was mm. based like high school or college type stuff. And in the TV well, show. the sequel, they go to college. What's that? The sequel, yeah, they the, go in the to sequel. But yeah, throughout the, through the TV show, though, it was, there's actually a drama series. It was never intended to be humorous. Like it, oh. it was strictly a serious drama series, and they I mean they, they tackled like drug issues, you know, sexual assault, blah blah. So each time there'd be a school around the area that would have some issue, they would send them in. Mm. And there was one female cop with them, and it was like the other three or four. I can't remember. Cause it was they, like they alluded to that in the movie <clears throat> a little bit because when they meet at the Korean church, there's a whole squad of. People that go to schools and yeah. try and break down, but you never really hear or learn anything about that. And that's where the name outside of, of Ice Cube, yeah. The, the show and the movie are both named after. That's where the place was. The church was located on Twenty One Jump Street. Uh, okay. That was the address. And then uh, that's why in Twenty Two Jump Street they moved across the street. He's like, man, we had to move across the street. Now we're at Twenty Two to try to make yeah. sense. But so yeah, they had a. Uh, that's all the show was. I mean, but it was the main three characters. It was Peter DeLuise, Johnny Depp, and I can't remember the girl's name. I think she's actually the one that did the theme song for the show, too. Um, and then later on, Richard Grieco joined. Grieco! Then, but that's why in the scene in 21 Jump Street, when they break in, he's like, oh, you guys used to work the street, too? That's Richard Grieco and Johnny Depp. Yeah. He's like, oh, man, we used to work the street. <laughs> but yes, it is fun. Yeah, that's a really good movie. I like it. I didn't like the second one as much as the first one. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's all I wanted to say. The first one's good. The second one's... Yeah, and that's, all I got the best say part about, about the second one was uh, was when he finds out he's sleeping with the captain's daughter. Yeah. And they him and he just dances around there. And he, he's got the, cut, the gun pointed at Jonah Hill. And he goes, oh, Cap, you... And then he turns it back over to... He's like, that, it ain't that fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the best part. That's yeah. After that, you don't have to watch it. <laughs> But we got we got about ten minutes left, so we got a little bit of time. But I want to put out as we've been putting out the, dis, the not the disclaimer, but the apology. If we missed yeah. any of good movies out there, there are quite a few others out there. I know even stupid ones like Master of Disguise, which was yeah. not Dana Carvey's best no, no. best uh, day no. ever. Um, but you had like Serpico, Fletch, the mm. Fletch series. Even though Fletch was more of an undercover reporter, yeah, he was going undercover as a reporter, not a police officer. There are two movies that I do want to quick fire on. Fire on them. First, we got Kindergarten Cop. Yes, <laughs> Schwarzenegger is a cop goes under. He doesn't to, even try to disguise his Austrian accent. We're going like, to play a little game. I don't think he's. Who is your daddy, yeah. and what does he do? It's not Zuma. This is my favorite. He never bites. <laughs> <laughs> It's a classic movie from the 80s with Arnold Schwarzenegger. If you haven't seen it, you're something's wrong with you. Yeah, and that's coming from me. You're missing yeah. out. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the other one, Quickfire, is Miss Congeniality with yep. Sandra Bullock. Yep. She's FBI. She goes undercover to solve murder mm-hmm. or something at a um, beauty pageant. 
Beauty pageant. And it's just got a, a bunch of funny one-liners. Like, I didn't <laughs> know she could do comedy until that movie. <laughs> well, uh, it was, this one wasn't her, but it was the girl from Rhode Island. It was like, what is your favorite date? I would have to say April 22nd. Yes. <laughs> it's not too hot. It's not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. <laughs> <laughs> William Shatner just sitting there with his mouth open, holding the microphone like, uh. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, also one other quick fire one, too, is uh, Big Mama's house. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Big Mama. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sherry. You know, Big Mama could never forget that ass. <laughs> Mom, asthma. Oh, girl, you had asthma. <laughs> and now you always have to bring it back to one or the other of one of these two series. And technically, in A New Hope, they just they went undercover stormtroopers to save the princess. That's they true. Did. So they did kind of go they undercover. Snuck on was she the princess on. at that point because yeah. the planet yeah. was gone? There's no one for her to rule over. I think she's it's still, still holding royal the title. birth. Yeah. <laughs> not even birth. She was adopted. Have you not seen the prequels? But she didn't know that at the time. <laughs> it was naturally transitioned to Thank her. You. She became the princess through adoption. <laughs> yeah. With no I think one... I think you basically just insulted everyone who was ever adopted. That's still not your real <laughs> lineage or family. That's coming from Patrick, by the way. <laughs> not Tony. <laughs> he basically, there are people. On Easter, yeah. thinking about suicide right now. <laughs> That's my fault. That's my bad. <laughs> you and Sales insulted the entire script of The Blind Side. I'm really happy for <laughs> nice. anonymity at this point. I want to be real, boy. <laughs> well, I remember in The Blind Side when they finally sit mm-hmm. down with him, she's like, We want to talk about you being part of this family or uh, adopting you. What's that mean? Uh, it means you be part of this family. I thought I already what? was. <laughs> Nice going, Patrick. No, apparently, because I'm thinking about the blind side. <laughs> apparently, Michael is not really part of the family. Thank you, Patrick. He's not really royalty, but he is part of the family. <laughs> He's not real royalty. Oh, no, they want him a brand new truck. <laughs> That's true. Wrecks it and they get him another one. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, so we, we still have a few more minutes. But, yeah, if we did miss any of the other big names out there, again, we do apologize for missing them. Let mm-hmm. us know what we missed and we'll... Bring it back up later. Yes. next time. But let me ask you this. You're undercover. Okay. What's As your, a cop or... Whatever you want to be. Okay. Not, And I don't mean undercover at your house. Okay. You're not under the covers watching whatever the hell it is you watch. Um, <laughs> shaming other people for and being adopted. Was... <laughs> <laughs> but you're... Yeah, un- I just figure out ways to shame people yeah. on my podcast. You're undercover. Watching the fifth element, by the way. In whatever capacity you want to be undercover... Police officer, FBI, CIA, spy, whatever. What's your code name? Ooh. <laughs> That's a funny one. I don't know. I don't want that one to be the canon name. Come on now. <laughs> My first instinct was to take um, from Escape from New York. And let's get Snake. That's my code name. But no, no, no. That's, that belongs to Kurt Russell and Hideo Kojima. They can have it. Um, what would my code name be? Mr. Britches. Mr. Britches? Mm-hmm. Mr. Britches. Like Bridges. pants. Okay, like pants. Like pants, goddammit. Like uh, pants. Mr. Britches. Mr. Britches, all right. Hey, right, Mr. Britches. <laughs> and that's how he kills people. He leaves them with their pants off. <laughs> that's the trophy I take. Yeah, that's his trophy. That's his trophy. You got a lot of pants in here. Yeah. Really into denim. 
<laughs> do you fluctuate in weight a lot? <laughs> it's like every size from these are 50. huge, and that is that a size zero? <laughs> What's the thong on the wall for? Don't but, worry about it. Yeah, don't ask questions. You don't need to know the answers. And to. how did you find a denim one? <laughs> <laughs> well, that I made denim. <laughs> you got a lot of jorts in here. <laughs> Now, I'm assuming in this one, I am now a hitman for the mob, but Mr. Bridges. I've thrown away my cop badge, and now I'm just an assassin who takes the pants off of my victims. <laughs> Wait, so, your backstory, you were a cop. I was a cop, undercover. I was undercover. You served the, the mob. Yeah. <laughs> worked for the mob. As a hitman. As a hitman. And I got so accustomed to the life that I said, fuck the FBI, threw away my badge, and now I'm just a straight up assassin. <laughs> He's pretty jumpy for an assassin. For everybody who can't see. I have one oh of those God, air spritzed. freshener things that sprays like every 30 minutes. He got he's, spritzed. He's apparently Mr. Bridges is his hardcore assassin. And as soon as it sprayed in his face, <laughs> he jumped like a kid and just ran into a beehive. <laughs> they can try to bite me. Yes, and some bitch growled at me. <laughs> That's a good thing you didn't stick with Snake. Yeah. <laughs> I'd expect Mr. Bridges to jump like that. <laughs> but what about you two fuckers? What's your, <laughs> What's your code name, Gavin? Um, mine, uh, not after the, the Nick Cage movies, but uh, I always liked Ghost Rider. Oh, okay. From, uh, from Top Gun. That was, okay. his, that was their planes call sign. Okay. You just want that, so anytime somebody asks you a question, you can say, Negatory, there Ghost Rider. Pattern is full. <laughs> <laughs> You're damn right I do. And I want to see Meg Ryan in the corner yelling, take me to bed or lose me forever. <laughs> well, we all want that. <laughs> Where's my pants? <laughs> Mr. Bridges. Mr. Bridges. There's <laughs> a corpse in the corner. <laughs> what about um, you, Tony? What codename do you want? I'm assuming you don't want Snake. No, I don't want to I hate Snakes. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching this show earlier, Scorpion. I think that would be a fun name. I think Scorpion? That, yeah, I think Scorpion would be good. But I could go like lighter and just go codename Jaeger. Jaeger? And it doesn't have to be the alcohol. It could be like Chuck Jaeger, yeah. one of the greatest pilots that ever lived. Yeah, yeah. It could be the giant GML Del Toro robots. Yeah, Jaegers. Yeah. Jaegers. I got the moves like Jaeger. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost Rider, um, Jaeger. Mr. Mr. Bridges. Mr. Bridges. <laughs> like pants, damn it. Three greatest cu- serial killers of all time. Yes. <laughs> you see it like it'd be one of those shows where they have to, ch- like the old mask show, the cartoon, they have to like choose certain operatives for assignment. <laughs> oh. Codename Mr. Bridges. Codename Ghost Rider. Codename Jaeger. <laughs> yeah. Jaeger, Ghost Rider, and Mr. Bridges. It's like, and Fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> And fluffy. <laughs> the pretty, pretty princess. The triple P. You can get away from it. <laughs> fluffy. We have pretty, pretty princess, and please, mommy, not him. <laughs> Solid names. Solid names all around. So, But uh, we are just about out of time, though. So thank you all again for joining us, talking undercover. Um, until again, if we miss something, let us know. Please let us know. We'll be glad to bring it back up and talk a little bit about it, even if we have a completely different topic. We never stopped like, this before. It yeah. with <laughs> no. Clearly, we veer off on topics yeah. all the time, so it doesn't matter. We'll get to it anyway. Uh, but that is all the time we have for this episode. Uh, happy Easter again yes. to everybody. 
Um, sorry for all the profanity and zombie Jesus and, uh, <laughs> and the fact that Patrick hates adoption. Um, but <laughs> no, I hate adoption. You people are still important to your families and you're still a part of your family. That's coming from me, not Patrick. <laughs> so until then, uh, for Movie Talks and Chill, we are your host. Uh, <laughs> I am Jaeger. <laughs> I'm Ghost Rider. And I'm Mr. Bridges. <laughs> All right, guys, take care. Don't forget, guys, you can visit us at our website, movietalksandchill.com. Email us at talktous at movietalksandchill.com or find us on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can also follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Movie Talks and Chill. You can listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker. Pocket Cast, Radio Public, coming soon to Apple Podcasts, CastBox, and Overcast. New episodes available every Wednesday. Talk to you then. Theme music for our podcast was composed, arranged, and performed by Paul the Rocker.